Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, December 6, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, I am here in New York City. I just finished up uh, attending the Red Bucket Challenge at the New Amsterdam Theater, and it was an absolute delight. A little bit of a mess, but an absolute delight. Some great performances. Uh, Lilius White absolutely killing it uh, on a on a Dream Girls number with a a handful of other incredible performers, including Jay Harrison G and Leslie Odom Jr. and uh, Kimberly uh, Elaine Sprawl as well. So very cool uh, experience. Never done that before. They raised like over $4 million for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. So a a very cool thing to be a part of. And you know how much I love a Tuesday matinee. So uh, I had to sneak that one in while I was in town. If you want to hear about all of the details of my trip, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. I'll be doing the daily travelogue episodes over there. And also, Grace, coming up on Wednesday, you're going to be doing a pretty exciting interview that I'm mad that I'm not doing, but nonetheless, very excited about that. Hopefully, knock on wood, nothing happens, because uh, that should be a, a a pretty thrilling thing to have here on Broadway Radio. Listen, I'm always trying to get to what's inside. You know, I, I always want to make sure that, you know, we're we're opening up to all the people that we get to um, surround ourselves with. And and it's it's just it's really amazing what what um, just a little interview and baking can do. So I'm really excited about whatever this is. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I'm actually pr- like tearing up, Grace, because you just took the terrible dad joke pun references crown away from me. I'm. I'm very honored and proud of you, Grace. I am nothing but cringe. So, Matt, you have really, really rubbed off on me in these years of Broadway radio. Thank you so much. You've you've passed the torch. All right. I appreciate it. Uh, All right. Well, let's get into the news, Grace. And something that we all anticipated, but for a while there, we weren't 100% sure if it was going to happen this season or next. But literally, after I had gone to sleep so that I could get up and fly to New York early on Tuesday morning, but late on Monday night, The press release went out that the Alicia Keys musical Hell's Kitchen will transfer to Broadway this season, and it will be playing Broadway's Schubert Theater, which is what I'd originally heard and then maybe heard it wasn't, and then now it actually is. So the show is currently playing downtown at the Public Theater, where it will currently run through January 14th. Don't think they're extending anymore after that because... They are going to be opening up at the Schubert just two months later on March 28th, ahead of an April 20th opening. This show has gotten great reviews, obviously music and lyrics by Alicia Keys. It has many of the songs from her most popular songs catalog, but she also wrote four original songs for the score. The book is written by Christopher Diaz. It is directed by Michael Greif. The show has a phenomenal cast playing ostensibly characters and people from uh, Alicia Keys' real life, even even though it's not exact correlations, but Shoshana Bean is in there, Brandon Victor Dixon, and really the the standout star, the breakout star who is playing Allie, again, ostensibly Alicia Keys, is Malia Joy Moon, who has just received raves from everybody who's seen the show, Grace, and I'm going to see it this weekend, so very much looking forward to this, but I feel like This is the 14th new musical we have in this season, and I feel like with each one, it just makes things a little bit more competitive, a little bit more interesting when it comes to the Tony races, also a little bit more challenging when it comes to selling tickets, but I feel like this is one that has the opportunity to reach across the traditional Broadway theater-going aisles to bring people in who might not be the normal demographics of 
folks who are going to come in to see a Hello Dolly uh, or something like that. Yeah, I can't agree more. Full disclosure, I am excited to be working on a part of this. Um, I I have been really eager. Um, I, I've just been so eager and excited. That we, you know, I wasn't sure to be frank, like, you know, what, what truly the, the plans were uh, in terms of the, the transfer and everything. I was just very hopeful. And so I'm very excited that they are getting to move into the Schubert. Um, I was hoping if the show is called Hell's Kitchen, you got to be close to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, you know, I, can you imagine being all the way uptown? Um, yeah. So um, it's, it's really, it's really an exciting thing. I will say Alicia is so integral. It's, it's not like, you know, I think often people say, I'm not saying that I've experienced, but people have said like, you know, celebrities do these like vanity projects. This is, this is a real passion. She is a writer. She is a producer. She is an artist. I think her artistry speaks for itself, but I think that this is just another incredible journey for her that she's been working on for arguably a decade. Um, so it's, this is not a flash in the pan. This is a really exciting moment for, for everybody. Yeah. And I think Camille Brown's choreography is the reason all of us get up in the morning. So um, I think that I'm, I'm just, I'm floored. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's talk about this because I feel like I'm missing something here in my spreadsheet. So with Hell's Kitchen going into the Schubert, my calculations are that we have two open houses for the spring. Is that right? The Broadway and the John Golden? I'm not missing something. I, I know nothing's gone into the Broadway no, yet. No, nothing's been announced for the Golden, and I'm unclear about any... There's been like 50 rumors that are kind of yeah. like baseless for the Broadway, um, but I think that you're correct. Okay. I feel like I've heard some rumors about the about the Golden, but nothing really about the Broadway, like things that maybe want to go there, but it might not work technically if there's a, obviously the huge lift of returning the Broadway theater back to its original state now that Here Lies Love is gone. So I think that's going to be a a, a tall task to get that theater back in a traditional proscenium house working order. So it'll be interesting to see what and when goes into the Broadway. And I got to crack the golden because that's such an, an interesting theater. It's it, it's certainly a playhouse, probably at 805 seats. You could probably get away with a small musical, but it would have to be pretty small. But it would have to be a, you know, a, a moderately sized play to make that yeah. work. So I'm interested what could go in there. And I know I've heard rumors, but maybe a sleep deprivation that nothing is really popping to the front of mind for me right now. Well, this isn't a rumor, but like. Operation Mincemeat has had so much um, awesome. buzz around so it and much. so intimate that, like, I feel like that feels like a logical thing. Again, this is coming from absolutely nothing, but I'm just, I'm just saying. But I agree with you. I think that we'll we'll learn in the coming weeks because we're we're nearing the end of the year, and then mm -hmm. January is going to be legitimately spring season. So um, with so many shows just beginning rehearsal, moving in, all that good stuff. So I think that we're going to know pretty quickly. Yeah, we we almost always have everything announced by the end of the previous calendar year for the spring, but we do sometimes get things in early to mid-January. Even we've had stuff in February because shows can really, depending on where they're coming, if they're transferring from somewhere else, have like a two-week preview process and open up in late April, and that still makes sense. But from a ticket-selling perspective, you really want to make sure that you have the opportunity to hit those holidays, which is why, you know, if something is going to go into the, the Golden or the Broadway I would think they would want to announce now, but they could certainly announce early in 2024 if they needed to. 
All right. Speaking of shows that are selling tickets and want to have people buy tickets to come see them in the spring, The Who's Tommy will begin performances on Broadway on March 8th at the Nederlander Theater. And yesterday we got information about who will be playing that lead role. And unsurprisingly, it is the actor who originated the role in this production at the Goodman Theater in Chicago earlier this year, Ali Luis Borzgui, and he will be returning to the role of adult Tommy. Obviously, when this announcement was made, we just kind of assumed that everybody from the Chicago production, or at least the majority of the folks from the Chicago production, would be coming along with it. If that is the case, that means that Adam Jacobs will be returning to New York as Captain Walker. Something I did not know is that Adam has actually relocated. He lives in Chicago now. So it was a great, you know, a great fit for him to play Captain Walker in the Goodman production. Will he come back to New York with it? Who knows? Um, speaking of a show that you very not so subtly referenced earlier in uh, in the episode, Allison Luff played Mrs. Walker. Of course, she had previously been attached to Waitress. Also in the company were Bobby Conti and Christina Seju and others. So we'll see what happens with the rest of this casting. But as we talked about on yesterday's show, Grace, drip, drip, drip drip just put out the little bit of nuggets the little breadcrumbs of information to keep people like us talking about them to get all the fans and ticket buyers excited and to make sure that they're buying tickets not only for the holiday season but making plans to come see the show at the Nederlander beginning in march all right another show that is looking to sell even more tickets than it already has and it's already doing very very well yesterday in a move that did not surprise me but i know surprised some people and we can get into why but merrily we roll along announced that it is extending now for another almost three and a half months. The show had previously been announced to close on March 24th, but it will now play at least through July 7th at the Hudson Theater. At this point, Everybody in the cast is going to be continuing with it. That includes Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez. Jonathan Groff presented a couple times at the Red Bucket Follies, and Daniel Radcliffe showed up uh, as well at one point. When it comes to the Tony campaign for this, Grace, we have talked about this before. I don't remember if it was on air or off, but the fact that at the, you know, when we were talking previously, the fact that this was going to be closed during the Tony race really made it interesting and how it would compete with the whiz and cabaret which will presumably both be open at that point to me this feels like one if you're extending and going to you know make the commitment and investment to have a show running for three and a half extra months you know you want to sell tickets you want to make money off that but it also feels like this also at least partially has an idea of trying to make sure that it is remembered during tony season because as we've talked about before so many shows this season, so many great revivals. And if you're closed, despite these stars and all these reviews, it's hard to remember you. But with this being now open at least into July, I think that really throws another kink into the Tony campaign for Cabaret and The Wiz and whatever else I'm forgetting that is probably going to be up for that award. Yeah, this totally changes everything. Um, <laughs> you say begrudgingly it. since you, you know, have oh, connections to other man. shows in the mix. Yeah, it really, it really do be hard. Um, you know, I think that I, I still stand by everything that I said in our in our recap. But I think that mm-hmm. um, this is this is no joke. This is a brawl, and I think that people need to gird your brawl. loins for the spring. I'm serious, man. People are out here with fighting hands. I'm, I'm like, this is about to get ugly, you know, in in a, in a positive way. You know, I'm, I don't mean it in an ugly sense. I just think it's really exciting, and um, that's that's the point of it. You know, it's 
it's competitive and, um, luckily it's the arts. So it's all silly and lovely. And, um, we all just really, really love performing and we all love, um, what, what's being put out there. And I think that so many of these revivals have worked very hard and are going to really duke it out. I think the new musicals are just, that is in the ether. Like I'm just, I can't even look at it or touch it because there's like so many. So, but what we're talking about here is the revivals. And I think that um, it's an exciting race because no two things are alike. And I think that everyone Mm -hmm. has their merit and I can't wait to see all of them, to be frank. I still have never seen Merrily. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I even will because uh, it's incredible. And and I'm glad that they're able to uh, probably, you know, recoup and everything, but um, it's just a wild time. And and it's a very, very smart move for them to be able to have extended this way. I wish that it had been a little hair longer. So it won't feel like if, and when there are campaigns and, and wins, if, if possible, you know, that those are just, you know, a month that they'll get to enjoy that. Hopefully that those, those companies um, will get to enjoy that a little bit longer. Um, But if not, what, what an incredible bittersweet, like, you know, um, summer that they'll have, but this is, this has been the, the little engine that could for a while, and the fact that, you know, the New York Theater Workshop um, into Broadway, into, you know, an extension, into another extension, that is just really exciting stuff for a show that, you know, arguably was never meant to succeed. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. it's never had this type of luck. And, and, and who else knows how to succeed better than Daniel Radcliffe? Wow. More dad jokes. Oh, um, yeah. Kill me. Um, but <laughs> this is, it's, it's cool. And, um, I'm just very curious about the ripple effect that this will have on other properties. I really am. So you're saying we're going to have a battle Royal, a steel cage match for <laughs> best revival of a musical Tony between Eddie Redmayne, Wayne Brady and Jonathan Groff. That's what, that's how we're determining the winner. I'm not going to lie to you. I would, I would center, I would also center the incredible women that are part of these shows. You know, you've got Dorothy, you've got Sally, you've got, um, I again, don't know the character names because I've never seen it. Um, Mary, for, Mary. For, uh, Mary. Okay. I was like, yes. Marily. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I'm going to call Tony Sunday, Sunday Night Raw. I love it. Well, let me ask you this question. This is, might not yeah. be something you can answer Probably succinctly. Not. But, well, I mean, it's an independent thing. Can this revival of Merrily go on without these stars a la Into the Woods? Could they recast those three parts with other people who want to do a Sondheim classic, a much different type of Sondheim classic? But can this, let's say, if if Daniel or Jonathan or Lindsay, Lindsay's got, got to go do a TV show. We know that she's booked in the new American Crime Story. Mm-hmm. But if any of those people have to leave after July 7th, can they go and get three other Broadway names to step in and keep this thing going, do you think? I never want to say never say never because like other shows have done it and they've done it beautifully. But I think that what from from my standpoint, and this is very, very opinion based, so like nobody crucify me. But um, I think that uh, what they have created, which I think is beautiful. This is this is an homage what they have created is a beautiful package of you have to see these people do this thing very clearly, not you have to see this revival in general because Sondheim and it's never had its due. And this is the best direction that it's ever had. You know, I mean, that's just gone on record. That's not me. Obviously that's not my opinion because I haven't seen it, but I think that they have done an incredible job packaging this as them 
and how those three are a trio that is one to watch and the reason that you are going to see it. Now, when they have understudies and covers in, like obviously that is a different thing. And they've also been beloved by the community. Every time I see somebody post a bow video, it's never like, oh, I wish I had seen so-and-so. It's always met with love, which I think is great. But I think that they have packaged it so neatly for those three and for this particular revival from Off-Broadway that that Daniel and, and Jonathan were and and Lindsay were willing to continue on, you know, that they probably, you know, turned down other opportunities to do this together. I think that they've just built that so much that I don't know that they can create that magic again or that they'd want to because that's such an investment. That's years, you know. Um, and it's been beautiful to watch, like from a periphery, like it's been amazing between all of the variety interviews, like uh, with everything. And they're you know. always together. It's never one of them. Exactly. The 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 working between all of the entities that make that possible has been so beautiful to see that I don't necessarily think or want or or want to hope that they can create that lightning in a bottle again. I don't, I don't know anybody that would want to. It's not to say that they can't. There's probably three incredible actors that would, you know, continue this legacy on. I just mean to say that I don't, I don't know that anybody would A, want to, or B, need to. I think it's beautiful and let it, let it live on its own. We will have to wait and see July 7th. All right, some other show and casting news. Yesterday, it was announced that Amber Ardolino will be joining the cast of A Beautiful Noise in the role of Marsha Murphy. She will be replacing Robin Herter in the show. Uh, Amber is currently in the cast of Back to the Future. She will be replacing Robin Herter, who departs the show on December 17th. I'm going to be seeing that show on Thursday, so a week and a half before Robin exits. Very excited to be seeing her. Uh, but Amber has kind of been bouncing between shows for a while now, went from Hamilton to Moulin Rouge to Funny Girl to Back to the Future, and now she'll be making her principal debut in A Beautiful Noise. Yesterday, we also got news that the Theater for a New Audience production of Waiting for Godot, starring Michael Shannon and Paul Sparks, has had its second and final extension announced. It will now play off-Broadway out in Brooklyn, actually, through December 23rd. All right, Grace, real quick, going to do last week's Broadway grosses. Obviously, it was coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday week, so everything is going to be taking a fairly significant downturn. Broadway's gross has actually dropped about $5 million week over week. Not a surprise given all of the uh, extra shows and premium ticket pricing for the holiday weekend. But Broadway came in at a total of $29,568,897. Total attendance did drop about $9,000 at $219,511. The average ticket price dropped about 16 bucks, which is actually a good thing, $134.70. The top grocer overall, as always, is The Lion King. And it was actually one of two shows that were north of $2 million, which we haven't seen in quite a while. But Lion King came in at $2,399,452. Wicked was in second at 2.1. Hamilton, it was at 1.97. Merrily We Roll Along, again, selling tickets, doing really well for them at 1.88. And MJ the Musical was at 1.64. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order were Sweeney Todd, just seven performances, Aladdin, Moulin Rouge, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Back to the Future, A Beautiful Noise, and Juliet Six, and The Book of Mormon. All right, Grace, the one recommendation that I have for everybody today comes to us from Time. We don't do a lot of stuff from Time Magazine here on Broadway Radio, but yesterday they announced their 2023 Breakthrough of the Year, 
and that is Tony Award winner Alex Newell. They chronicle Alex's Tony Award winning turn in Shucked, but also kind of how they have been breaking barriers in entertainment now for over a decade, originally starring as Unique Adams on Glee, which, as they say in the article, and I don't want to question their fact-checking, but they say was one of the first transgender characters in primetime TV. Obviously, Alex has been at the center of all things shucked since the very beginning and obviously was one of two non-binary performers to win Tony Awards uh, last summer with Jay Harrison G as well. So a really great article. Uh, I recommend that you read it all and uh, just really kind of uh, fantastic to see Broadway celebrated in this way on a larger stage and somebody like Alex with that absolutely incredible talent is certainly making that a possibility far beyond just the normal Broadway publications that we see to see it from. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere except for I'm only really on Instagram anymore at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 